Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. Alex. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. Maybe not pretty, but good. <laughs> oh, I can't wait until I get to develop a lot more of those dad jokes that, you know... <laughs> Well, I got my hair cut. Well, you should have had them get them all cut. Yeah. And then now I'm on the granddad and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a lot more fun. When the grandkids start feeding them back to you. Yep. Yeah. Or using it on their on their parents. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Grandpa says. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. It's coming. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, usually Charlie just reflects, just says things that I say. A lot less swearing now, so that's good. That was an issue for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, it reflects good on you. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the best is like he likes to say, he, go, he thinks when he says poopy butt, that's hilarious. Like the best joke he knows. Okay. He wants a laugh. That's where we get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like he'll be sitting back in the back pew with my mom and Robin every once in a while. He'll, be, he'll say it. And my mom will be like, Charlie, Charlie, we, we have to be really quiet. And then he'll just like yell it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, we'll yep. we'll listen for those on Sunday morning. Oh yeah, they're good. Yeah, it happens. I think last uh, well, one of the Sundays he crawled underneath the pew. I think we kind of ran him ragged that morning, and for like five minutes he just like fell asleep on the floor, laying on a toy, like a toy combine or something, and then like woke up and just like just started running again, like he just took like a little five minute break. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I wish a nap would do that much for me. Yeah, he woke up just for the sermon because it okay. was riveting, by the way. Yes, I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first question. Again, should have wrote down what book this came from. I've, when when uh, Jesus goes into a crowd and a lady touches him, mm-hmm. and he says, who did that? What book was that? Is that? It's in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew, yeah. that's what I thought. Um yeah, if you want to pull it out to see. You know. See if I do better than I did last time? Yep. I did finally find that. We did finally Exodus. find it, yep. It was in Exodus. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because I, I, I figured that the Ark of the Covenant was something, a brand new concept. It's just something that was completely foreign to everybody. That's why the instructions were so detailed, but mm-hmm. turns out, yeah, they would have been very good at it. So They were already ready for it. That's right. Makes me wonder if uh, Moses was a good boat maker. Moses? Uh, I thought I was going to get you there. Yeah. I was going to say. Oh, you're testing me. Yeah. What a deal. Well, I can't find it right off, so keep going. What okay. You, what's the question then? Um, so what happens is a lady touches him. He said, who touched me? I felt some power leave me. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking, like, does that, doesn't he have control over his healing power? Yes, yes, but we need to remember that the Holy Spirit works through us. Okay. So it's a movement of God through us. The Holy Spirit's a movement of God through us. And I think Jesus, maybe this is an attestation to the fact that God was moving through Jesus. So he could feel God's power going through him. Okay. Uh, A little bit like I was talking about the Holy Spirit working through us, we're the conduit through which God's power can move. 
it's different than what Satan does. Satan puts a little power resident in you so that you feel like you have power. You have control of that power, and that's you have sort of limits because that's the only power you have. Right. But that's his hook. Right. To get you into his little, realm. Little more of that, yeah. Yeah. Like, call it foothold, if you will, or sure. handhold for, for how the demons work. Mm-hmm. The difference is we prepare ourselves for that Holy Spirit to move through us. We have to be holy, set aside. Uh, we prepare ourselves to for God to work through us. Uh, if we want to ask God to be blessing an event, we prepare ourselves for that event so that God okay. can move and work through us. So Jesus could feel that power of God going through him. Of course, he had a whole lot more of it than we will usually have, although he said that we would do better more than he. In John chapter 14, he said, greater things will you do. Yeah. Even so, I, I can you imagine having God's power through you and at the touch of a woman of the hem of your garden, garment, it's not like she grabbed your leg. Right. Just the touch of the hem of the garment healed her. And so he felt that power. Yeah. The disciples had no clue what was going on. Hmm. What do you mean? There's a whole bunch of people around here. Yeah. You felt somebody touch you? A whole bunch of people could have been touching you. Yeah. But the power for healing, he felt move. That's interesting. But like, but he didn't have the the say in the matter. Because, I mean, there are probably a lot of other people touching him. Right. And he says the power left him. Mm-hmm. But her, her prayer was, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Yeah. It's as if she connected with God and said, you know, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And he, she was. Yeah. That's cool. What was her, what was her ailment? She had bleeding. Okay. Uncontrolled bleeding, and they couldn't get it taken care of. Mm. And so, uh, yeah. That's no good. And I didn't do very good at finding it in the Bible right now. That's all right. You got that bum finger. I still you got know, this you're not very that, fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said. I get faster <laughs> on my pages. Hmm. Yep. You got to get all those. Uh, do you have like a Bible turning hand? I know, like, That's one of my hands is super rough, and the other one is a little bit My softer. left hand is the one I usually turn the pages with. Okay. Makes usually sense. hold it my right. Yep. Yeah. You can trade, do it differently. Oh, perish the thought I do it differently. You ever tried doing that? It like doesn't. Something that, yeah. I I've done that when I broke my arm and several things. You know, uh-huh. it's not like this is the first thing that's yeah. happened to me. Like trying to brush your teeth with the other hand. It's like, this hand is... Yes. Tying my shoes this morning. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. Oof. Um, next question. Um, justification versus sanctification. Where, where does that happen when it comes to the gospel? Does the gospel... Does, does the, do your experience justify the gospel? Or does the gospel justify your experiences? Does that make sense? That's kind of a deeper thought I had. I'm not sure that I was completely pieced together or co- coherent. I was wondering where those pieces were going. Yeah. <clears throat> we are justified by faith. Yes. Which means that 
the sin that we've had has been taken care of by the faith that we put in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We are saved by faith, by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. So the sanctification piece, then, is the part that we invest to be set aside as holy. Okay. God's done the work of taking away our sin. We do the work of setting ourselves aside for him to work through. And so that's, that's the part where we avoid sin. We, we keep ourselves holy and set aside for his work. Okay. That's the sanctified part. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely fallen into that trap before where it's like, I know that the Bible is true, the Word of God is true, and that God lives because I prayed this once and my experience was positive, therefore I know where you can't do that because that it, God is sanctified regardless of that experience. It works. It's there to save you. You're not there to justify its existence. Right. I think a lot of people, a lot of times people have a hard time with the, especially now with justifying the Bible to be the written word of God because it, sometimes it doesn't, their experiences don't work with it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And it's, sometimes it's hard to talk them out of that or, or, or explain how that can, it's hard to explain that your experiences and what you think doesn't, don't really matter. It's, this is the truth that this, this justifies your existence. And you know what I'm trying to, so if you were taking a barometer and saying, so here I am being sucked into sin or here I am being pulled into holiness. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd use that as an analogy. So we set the Bible in as truth and say, you know, this is what the Bible says. This is wrong and this is right. We as human beings want to adjust that center spot and say, well, you know, I can get by with this. Or I can, I, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we start to mess with what the Bible says. The problem is we shouldn't mess with what God has given us. At least we know what God has said. The th other pieces is that, okay, so you get into a little bit of sin. Have you ever noticed it sucks you into a little bit more? Oh, yeah. And it sucks you into a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Well, the opposite is equally true. If we walk with the Lord, and we start to acknowledge that power in our lives, while it's not resonant in us, it is so much fun to have the Holy Spirit work through us. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will work through us even more as we set our lives aside and honor and glorify God and worship Him. Uh, and so the opposite side is equally as powerful. Yeah. It's just... We have a lot of fun with sin, so we just, you know, it's hard it's not to get. Yeah, it's just, it's not fulfilling. It's there, there now. That's yeah, what it, it is. It, it's sort of interesting. Uh, if you go back to Star Wars. Yeah. Lucas did a very good job of talking about evil and, and good. And the fact that, you know, you get deeper and deeper in evil, or you can get deeper and deeper in good. Yeah. And that's fairly accurate to what the Bible's saying. Yeah. Why, why, does the, why does the dark side have so much more power? 
it seems like. Ah, but it only seems like the dark side has more power. I see. That's just what they say. That's Ooh. part of the false. That's part of the false uh, language out there that demons would have us believe. Yeah. Because on the other side, we have the creator of all things. Yeah. Sustainer of all things. God Almighty. El Shaddai. Hmm. Where did the Wookiees come in? Prophets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, like we could do a detailed analysis, but I wasn't quite prepared for a de detailed analysis of Star Wars. But it just impressed me the first time I saw that. And I thought, wow, it's not bad. Yep. Yeah. It, it sort of gives a, a, a carnal illustration mm -hmm. of a uh, spiritual truth. Well, that's one of the reasons why when everyone likes that movie is because it, it's that visual stimulating action movie with a good plot that isn't just like garbage, you know? Mm -hmm. Which how they did that back in the, was it the 70s? Way back when I was a kid. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Many years That's ago. Cool. Yeah. Ready for another question? I hope so. Uh, this one, what is the mark of the beast? Is it exactly as the revelation says? You know, if we're holding this thing here, it's truth. Is mm -hmm. it going to be 666 on our foreheads? Or is it going to look like something else? It could be. It, I, you know, I've always think, thought of it as being a tattoo. Okay. Uh, when I read the scripture, that would be common to that day and time. Mm -hmm. uh, a tattoo. You, you tattooed your slaves. You tattooed uh, sometimes even members of your household to be identified with that household. Uh, you... Tat were tattooed uh, the god that you worshipped sure. things like that so that you carried a mark of what you uh, were affiliated with the tattoo thing I, I felt like why did they do th wouldn't that just be like a real easy way to be persecuted for something you know what I mean well that, that was generic for households and things like that I mean, okay. as far as being okay. persecuted Okay. so that when we carry it then into Revelation then uh, that, that mark is going to show up. You okay. can't deny it. Now, when they talk about chips and things like that, that seems a little too hidden. Chips? You know, oh, oh, yeah. Putting chips in your, in your wrist and chips in your forehead. That yeah, kind of yeah. That's what some of the interpretations are of, of that okay. passage, trying to bring it into the here and now. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that sticks out well enough mm -hmm. to satisfy what we're seeing in Revelation. Okay. Uh, However, the needing of the mark to carry on commerce is exactly what they're talking about with putting this chip in your wrist and uh, on your forehead or whatever. Yeah. Which is interesting. They're talking about the same spots. Yeah. But, I mean, putting it on your forehead, yeah, you'd have to really believe in something to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they will okay. believe that much in this one world experience that they're putting that, that will be put together at the end of time one world order mm -hmm. yep yeah i just watched this uh thing oh man i'm sure you would have known the book but it's like a, a this person believes that or this group of people who wrote this book which then became a documentary movie um it's 
about like a little girl who talks about the the end days and how like we didn't think that it was going to be like this we we you know and and they're talking about all these things that the, the prophecy in the bible and then how people like the only really rebuttal for the prophecy is like well jesus said you will know not the time of day when i return and their their argument is that that's not what that means like they very he very much wants you to see that these patterns will align mm-hmm. and these things will align because they did that with all their different feasts you know um you know the passover and the, the first four are in the spring season and so then from there you can count it out and stuff like that yeah. what do you what do you think is it something that we won't know the day or time or is it something that we should be looking at these interpretations or not interpret, interpreting it so that it's yes this is what the first sign is and then this is the second well i've always taught the book of revelation as the fact that we as christians need to know these prophecies yeah so that we recognize when they start to unfold okay because uh i i've if you look at it you could actually see seven scenarios of the same event if you, uh, I mean, there's so many, like the seven bowls and the seven scrolls, uh, seven seals, those kind of things repeat the sevens, which makes it sort of weird. And then you get these things after the seals are broken. So what if God has put the revelation in the Bible in such a way that it actually documents a prophecy that says this is what's going to happen at the end of time I'm giving it from seven different viewpoints so that as the events unfold whether you're in the United States or you're in India you'll see them unfold in a different way okay and by seeing them unfold in a different way you'll understand this is God at work these time this is the time okay and so if you look at it that way, anything three-dimensional object we look at, if I look at it from this side and you look at it from the other side, you're going to see something different than I yeah. do. And that begins to make sense to me. Okay. Because then as you put the, the elements of those seven viewpoints together, oh, and then you get to chapter 13 and 14 and realize that, uh, wow, that's more of a singular scenario when you get from that point on. That point on, yep. So, I I take the revelation pretty seriously. Okay. Do you think that like the these these this this documentary talked about the um the United Nations as kind of the starting point for the New World mm-hmm. Order, mm-hmm. and then they you know built up Israel and brought them back to where they belong, and you know the temple wasn't rebuilt, but it not yet, not yet. Um, but it won't take them long right. when they get started. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of it's like got pushed into the sea, didn't it? It just got really messed up. Yeah. When they tore like it. no stone yeah. was left on left on unturned. Hmm. Or left Sounds like together. something Jesus said, hey? Yep. I thought that was interesting. I no one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. 
For in the days of the, before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. I really think that's the way it's going to be. Okay. There's going to be a... a I'm not sure it's going to be a long period before God calls his church together and, and takes them away. I, I, I'm a premillennialist. Okay. I, I believe that uh, if you're dedicated to Jesus Christ, you've lived the gospel in your life, uh, accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to be in that first bunch. Okay. Uh, I think Paul makes it very clear. I think there's enough in Revelation that, that would concur with that, that I, I believe the church will be called out of the world before the tribulation. Doesn't it give a number, too? Isn't it like 144,000? Right, it does. But we're not all Jewish, either. And they were talking about 144,000 Jews. Oh. And um, I'm not Jewish, and you're not Jewish, right? Maybe you are. Uh, people say we I look talk- Jewish. We haven't talked about that before. People say I look Jewish, but that's about so, it. So uh, the, the thing is, then, uh, is 144,000 representative of exactly that number? Or a whole bunch of people. Okay. They are going to be part of that. Interesting. Okay. What are the uh, like key points that you would say to look for? The changes in government. Okay. God has always worked his plan through kings and kingdoms. Uh, he can bring kingdoms to be, and he can take them away. Uh, watch how that happens. Okay. And uh, that bringing together in a one-world one government, I think that's a very key piece to it. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't also say there's going to be, like, peace in the Middle East or something first? Or w- well, something like always that. be careful when they start talking peace, peace. Because when governments start talking peace, peace, they're usually something treachery yeah. in the works somewhere. Yep. Makes sense. They did that before other regimes mm-hmm. prior so, to World War II. Yeah. Yes, there was. Uh, what would be like three traits that you would say to look for for the next president you would vote for or something like that? Oh, president? I don't know. Leader. Well, I, I want integrity. Boy, wouldn't it be different if we had integrity in Washington? <laughs> Somebody who uh, knew what they believed and actually led from what they believed. Yeah. Uh, I it's sensitive to what's going on in the church. The Christian. Uh, I I don't want to see persecution of the Christians. Yeah. Uh, will it be the end of all things? I mean, will it postpone the end of things? Well, maybe, but. Uh, and is that even something we should want to do? I, I don't know whether I I. I I don't know. I, I I wish the best for my grandkids. Yeah. And my great grandkids. And yeah. The ones that come after. But uh, realizing that so many times in the past, revival has come to the church out of persecution. Mm-hmm. So that. So if I still think about a leader for the future, I'm still going to want the best, most solid person to lead us. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like a little dark there, but yeah, those are good. I've, I've 
I think that those are some of the most interesting things to talk about because of the, I don't know, it's uncertain. And it's a lot of doom and gloom, but I mean, it's also important, you know? Well, and it's also important to remind ourselves that our faith in Jesus Christ is not for loss. Yeah. We're on the side of the creator. Right. Yeah. All right. Fun question. Would you rather? Oh, dear. It's not about hair this time. That's good. Run two miles or drive one and a half hours to work every day. Run two miles to work? I'd rather drive an hour and a half. Hour and a half? Okay. Now, we know how long I do two, two hours of two miles of running. That just... That would just take an awful lot out of my carcass. Yeah, so pretty much you're you're, you're showing up to work <laughs> after an hour and a half of travel, and in one scenario you're out of your car, and the other scenario you're just sweaty and stinky, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh definitely sweaty and stinky, if not worse. Uh-huh. Cardiac arrest. Well, you know, you I enjoy it. driving. I can listen to the radio, and I get a lot of lots yeah. done when I'm driving. A lot of men enjoy driving. I, I almost got a whole book it. done on my trip to Kansas. I don't understand it. I, I, I hate, despise driving. Oh, I love it. Hmm. Why do you think I don't like driving? On the road again? Oh, so why don't you? Yeah. Or teach me how to enjoy driving. Oh, well, you maybe look at the white line too much. You need to get off into the vision of the future, of the, down the road, all the wonderful things you're going to experience at the other end of your travels. All right, but what, on your way, what about on your way back from vacation? Oh. That's the worst. All, all the things that I get to do when I get home. Yeah, how messy did yeah. I leave the house? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's also nice to have a car that drives well. Yeah, that's what some of my friends say. You got a I've driven a truck that and... just bounced the dickens out of you for miles and miles and miles and that's miles. That's my truck right now. It is. And a... then I've driven a Mercedes. Oh. And oh, it's a sweet ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could drive. Could drive it all day. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. put in four hours on the trip coming back from Kansas in one block. Mm. Had a good book, had plenty of fuel in the tank, and yep. just kept going. That's good. All right, I know this one went a little bit long, so I apologize, but uh, a lot of good stuff in this one. So, God yeah. bless you. All right. Thank, Thank you, Alex. Alex.